Hello everyone. Welcome to another beer review. Now we're on the, the Scottish series today. Oh, aren't we a bunch of lucky boys? And girls. And whatever else is out there. I want to be inclusive for everyone. But like bad lives. I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to say anything. I'll be totally honest. God knows, it doesn't matter what gender you think they are. If you're going to be drinking Bud Light, you must be off your fucking head. That's what I'm going to say to you. I mean, seriously. That piss water? Seriously? That piss water? I mean, people are getting upset about who's promoting. I mean, I'd be more upset as what's in the bloody bottle. Not who's basically holding the bottle saying buy it, you know, from that point of view. But hey, people have their priorities. My priorities is more about what's in the bottle, not who's holding it. I don't give a shit about that. At the end of the day, beer should be about beer. Not about any politics or anything else. That's my view. And if you like beer, and I mean proper beer, none of this basically beer-based alka-pops that we've been discussing in the, the comments with previous videos. If you like beer, I don't care what you are, what you wear, what you do in your own personal life. If you enjoy beer, that's all right with me. That, unless it's Bud Light or any other light beers because... That really is really stretching the kind of uh, definition of beer to the absolute limit from that point of view. I don't ever think about calories with beers. I think about flavour. I think about price. I think about all these other things. I don't think about, oh, what's the calorie count on it? Oh, is it gluten-free? Well, I'm not gluten intolerant, so why would I give a shit? So there we go. But anyway, we're on to the Scottish series. Oh. Now it's a Harveston brewery and it's Shihalin. Shihalin. There we go. Oh, there we go. Hopefully this will be a good one. And we'll get into the kind of better weather because it's been lovely today. It really has. I ended up down in Penzance today. It was lovely. Had a nice cruise down there and a cruise back up. Not really doing much. Just basically went down to have a quick look at something down there. And, uh, it's a nice temperature because we're in, still in April just now and uh, just lovely. The A30 is the A30 as usual, but we're just nice weather. Cruise control on the vehicle, just gliding down there. Temperature was roughly about 17, 18 degrees. It was really quite nice. Lovely. So, anyway, this is a craft lager and of course it's been crafted in Scotland since 18, oh, sorry, 1983. Although, I mean, I think that's when the brewery started. They haven't been making this since 1983. And apparently it's supposed to be crisp, refreshing, and then citrus. I'm all right. I'm all right. I've had a few, but I'm all right. Citrus. So apparently crisp, refreshing. And of course, when I have craft in the title, it has to have citrus in it. Of course it does. You know, craft means citrus. Yes, it does. So this might be a heavily hopped lager. It's roughly about £2 a bottle, 500ml, 4.8%. And now here we go. Shehalian voted world's best pilsner. When you name your beer after a, a mountain like Shehalian, you're, oh, they've actually got basically, uh, they've actually got people that Shehalian, they've actually got a little bit in the back there if you don't know how to pronounce it. You being from Scotland, I already knew. There you go, but one but the only bloody thing I know. But anyway, your beer better be breathtaking too. 
Ours has an elegant head, fresh crispness, and a lingering grapefruit finish. Oh, so it's quite a bit of sour finish. There we go. Thanks to a lot of uphill work from our master brewer. So, see what you did there? <laughs> oh, we're getting big, bold, and beautiful. So, there we go. So, I don't know what it says. Shahalian voted the world's best pilsner. Oh, I don't know who voted the world's best pilsner. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of beers and brewers in Czech Republic would say that's a load of pish. But anyway, did I do that? Oh. There we go. That's that sorted. I think I've covered all facial expressions if it turns out to be good, bad, a big hit or a bottle of shit. Anyway. Right. Let's get this poured and see where we're at. I'm dread, was dreading starting the Scottish series, I'll be totally honest, because we've had so many hits and misses. Um, and unfortunately too many misses for my liking. I was I started this series to show the world, you know, all that is good in Scottish brewing. I ended up doing the exact bloody old shit. You know, probably set the whole industry in Scotland back. If people were watching the videos, of course. Thank God people don't watch the videos. Which God. Smells like the cabbage that was getting wafts there. Oh, that's some strange smells. Now, I'm getting hints of citrus and grapefruit. So I'm getting hops. Getting slight grain. Not really getting pale malt. I'm not getting any salsa, so I'm not getting any kind of acidity. And that's it. There you go. Try and get the glasses up because I don't know, the glasses keep slipping down. Try and look mean and beautiful for Instagram. Load of pitch. Anyway. No. No advance in the previous information and I'm going to describe this beer because I keep forgetting to do it and there is a podcast because basically when I do this now I do this also as a podcast so people can download it and suffer it in their vehicles you know when people are think well I, I don't have time to watch YouTube I'm listening to podcasts when I'm out in the road well you can now get this in the podcast to download and you can suffer and make your ears bleed that way you see I think about people and I think they should suffer mm. Right, so to describe it, it's kind of, kind of a golden, light, kind of straw coloured, nice clear head. Well, it's about kind of one finger, it's now gone down to half a finger, but at least there's a head there. So let's see what it tastes like. There we go again. Right, I don't see the point of this, because we've had this before, we had this a discussion, actually, with a few viewers, and we had one not that long ago, in fact, this is the, the 19th of April, and I think it was the 17th or 18th, we were having discussions with some of the viewers, and one viewer was talking about the Cairngorm 
beer that uh, we reviewed previously last year, at the end of last year. And uh, as I said, it was like it felt like it was trying to bridge the gap between a lager and an ale. And I'm going to say very similar to this. The problem is with the level of hops that's in it, it doesn't taste like a lager. It feels and reacts more like an ale than it does. And this is one of the problems. If, if you take a lager and you overhop it and add hops that are really associated with ales, whether it's citrus-based hops or whether it's more floral hops or things like that, you really are going to start giving kind of ale tones in the flavour profile. And the problem is, if you're doing it to a lager, then the lager flavour profiles is quite light. They're not strong flavour profiles. So the minute you bring in something stronger, it wipes them to fuck. It really just wipes them out. And this feels more like an ale and tastes more like an ale than it does a lager. So when they're calling this a crisp, refreshing citrus craft lager, well, no, because you're making a lager taste more like an ale than it does a, a lager. Whether you went through the proper lager kind of uh, fermenting process and uh, conditioning, all that's for nothing because you're now making it basically react and taste more like an ale. So what was the point? You might as well have just made it a light blonde ale. Stuff. Do they not fucking think about these things? Seriously? Do they not taste it thinking, oh, well, that tastes like a hoppy lager? No, let's be totally honest, it actually tastes more like a kind of light golden ale. And that's exactly what it does. I mean, it's nicely hopped. They've got a nice balance to it. But if I was basically reviewing this as a lager, if I'm going to be sticking stick to my guns, you've called it a lager, I'll review it as a lager. Well, it's not a lager because it doesn't taste of lager. It doesn't react like a lager. It doesn't have the mouthfeel of a lager. So it's a pretty shitty lager. So you get very, very low score. But if I ignore your shit in the bottle and say, well, what you've done is you've created a kind of blonde golden ale, a very kind of light blonde ale. That's actually quite nicely hopped. It's got quite a nice mouthfeel. It's got a nice underlying sweetness. There's a nice kind of balance to it. The flavour profiles are actually not too bad. Then, if I cut you some slack and react straight to the beer and ignore the crap in the bottle, then I'm going to give it better marks. So, What did I do? Do 100% honest and just take it? Well, you've called it a lager. I'll treat it like a lager. Well, if I do, then it doesn't taste like a lager. It tastes like an ale. So I'd probably maybe be able to give it two maximum out of ten if you look at it from a lager point of view. Because it ain't a lager. And it doesn't taste like a lager. And it doesn't react like a lager. As you can see, it does not look like a lager. And this is one of the problems with hops. Hops give you polyphenols. I know I'm starting to sound like the fucking craft beer channel. But polyphenols helps with head formation, but also head retention. It's one of the chemicals you get with hops. And because they put a lot of hops in it, that's why you're getting all this kind of, quite a kind of uh, heady beer. But it's not a heady beer as in a lager. It's more of a heady beer laced in the glass, as like an eel does. You see...
So, let's break down the flavour profiles. It's quite strange. Starts off, light pale malt, light grain, and an underlying sweetness in the start of the mouth. Move on to the mid tongue. Malts are kind of dissipated a little bit, kind of calmed down a little bit. The grains are just kind of, kind of slightly dissipated. Underlying sweetness is still there, but kind of halfway through the mid tongue, you really started getting these little kind of citrus accent, and they are slightly bitter from that point of view. But because you have this underlying sweetness, the bitterness is actually just. It's quite refreshing, you're just taking a little, you know, that edge off the sweetness, but the sweetness is also stopping the bitterness from becoming too much or too intense. So the the nice is little contrast of each other, but they are working together, which is quite strange. And then you move on to the aftertaste. The bitterness accents kind of come to more together to be a bit more like a bitter and you are getting it more of a kind of a grapefruit flavour in the aftertaste. You're getting a little bit more pithiness as well. But the underlying sweetness is still there. It dissipates, it's one of the last flavours that dissipates in the aftertaste. So you're getting a more kind of cohesive grapefruit flavour in the aftertaste. The malts have dissipated quite early in the aftertaste. You get a little bit of grain, but it's really down to the kind of grapefruit flavours and underlying sweetness. But the grapefruit flavour does kind of dissipate slightly ahead of the underlying sweetness. And I think that's how it works. I think that's how it's just giving that little bit of better balance because you're still getting ever so slight tingy accents within the aftertaste of the grapefruit. But because the underlying sweetness is the last real main flavour to kind of dissipate, these little accents, they're not kind of lingering, they're just kind of like the nice little kind of aftertones. And it just actually gives it quite a nice light, but quite a pleasant finish. But an interesting finish at that, because you have that kind of bitterness and sweetness, and they are kind of working together, you know, they are a contrast, but they're kind of playing off each other. And I think as the case is, if the sweetness had dissipated before the bitterness of the grapefruit, then I think it would have probably changed it and it wouldn't have been such a nice finish. Whereas because the last one is the underlying sweetness, it just helps to kind of balance any little kind of accent tones that are still lingering around about the mouth. And it just gives it that kind of nicer kind of cohesive finish. There you go. So yeah, I'm going to treat this like a Blondale. It's not a craft lager in any way, shape or form. It's a... Uh, well, to be totally honest, it's a Blondale in flavour and, and actions and everything else. And you can even see how it's reacting and everything else. It's just, it's a Blondale, but it's quite a nice one and it's a refreshing one. And there's some nice flavour tones there and the flavours that are there are, you know, they're not hiding. They're not obviously in your face, but they're not too subtle either. They're a nice kind of intensity and level. And overall... If you treat it like a Blondale, it's actually a very, very nice Blondale. Like I said, if you treat it like a craft lager, it's absolute bollocks. Because it's not a lager. So, 
how you put it. So like I said, if you took like a lager, best I can give it is two out of ten. And that's me being generous because it doesn't taste like a lager. It doesn't react like a lager. If I treat it like a blonde ale, well, it's actually quite nice. And I'm actually giving this a six out of ten because it's actually quite nice. It's quite pleasant to drink. I'll be totally honest with my own personal opinion and my own kind of personal kind of views on beer. I prefer ales to lagers anyway. So I could drink more of this even though it says a lager on it, I could drink more of this because it does have more of a play, flavour profile and reaction as an ale. And just because the flavours are a bit more complex and a bit more interesting, that I could probably drink a heck of a lot more of it than I would if it was more like a kind of traditional lager, whether it's crafted or not. But this is the problem when you keep chucking hops into things when they really shouldn't really be there. And if you're putting in hops that are more associated with ales, i.e. more citrus kind of base flavoured hops, which are used in pale ales, and they're used in, of course, IPAs and lots of other different things like that. But these are more what we call ale-based hops. And, of course, it has given it certain actions that are more associated with ales. So, it's a 6 out of 10 if you treat it like a blonde ale. It's a 2 out of 10 if you treat it like a, a lager, because it isn't a lager. It's 500ml, it's roughly about £2 a bottle, I think it's roughly 4.8%. It's actually quite nice, I would recommend it as a nail, not as a lager. And uh, thanks for watching, cheers, and bye for now.